So is everybody doing good this morning? Yeah. That worship was incredible. Can we give just a hand to the Vinsec family that just led us so good? Thank you, guys. So good. Calling my better half up here. She's going to. Come on. It's the secret weapon of the Lord right there. Yeah. Uh, we really felt to, uh, we were really seeking the Lord about what this, oh, go ahead. No, I just wanted to make sure. Oh, see? We were seeking the Lord about what to share this morning, and Amber um, and I both, we really felt stirred from the Lord to share this word uh, to the house this morning about stepping out in faith. But before we, before we actually jump into that, just a few quick things I want to do first. Um, first, I just want to welcome the youth. It's good to have the youth in the house. Amen? Woo-woo. Come on. Guys are looking good. It's awesome. Always good to have them. Hola. Hola. Um, The other thing is we've uh, been at the Voice of the Prophets conference up in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Pastor Tom and Jenny, they're still, uh, they're making their way back. They were stopping and seeing some family. That's why they're not here today. But we had a remarkable time at the conference in Pennsylvania. Amen. I was really blessed because I had the wonderful privilege of driving Mama Addie and Mama Phyllis to Pennsylvania. Come on. And if any of you guys know Mama Addie and Phyllis, that's a real treat. If they can recall, I don't know, about halfway through that trip on 95, we got so fired up with the Lord. I said, Miss Phyllis, I think I'm getting ready to jump out of this car and start running down the road. I don't need to drive. We were just so fired up with the Lord. It was It was wonderful. Uh, the conference was amazing, uh, incredible speakers, um, just a great time of refreshing, connecting, meeting some people. Um, it, was, it was wonderful. So we're excited when Pastor Tom comes back. I know he's going to be fired up to share and bring the word. That'll be, that'll be awesome. And um, last thing I just wanted to mention is um, a few weekends ago, was it last weekend or the weekend before we were in Oxford? Was that last weekend? Last weekend, keep us in check, y'all. <laughs> last weekend, we had an opportunity to go to Oxford, North Carolina. Anybody ever heard of Oxford, North Carolina? Good old little, Oxford. Little Oxford, little town up north of Raleigh. Your hometown, look at that. Huh? That's awesome. I love their accent there. I was telling Mike, it's different. I feel like I'm in like, New Orleans. Yeah, I almost had like this, go and shut the door, you know, <laughs> kind of act. I was like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> it was, Whereas it, in... Like, Clinton is like, it's more twangy. Yeah. It's it's different. (laughs) It was wonderful. We, uh, we went there, and I really didn't know anybody there. We, we had a friend that I met at one of the Jesus Tent meetings, and she invited us there. And so we prayed, and we just felt like it was the Lord to go, and, and so glad that we did. We made a, just a family. It was the Livingstone Church of God up there. And the Lord moved, y'all. The Lord moved those three days. We saw healing, dozens of healings. We saw people come back to the Lord. Um, the well is just overflowing. I actually just received a letter uh, yesterday by one of the members that said they're still trying to process everything that is still happening at the church. Literally, a fire has been lit there, and we just feel like that was just a joy to the Lord and one of, a, one of our accomplishments. Amen? Amen? We all get involved in that. But um, So that's what I want to share. Let's just pray. We're going to jump into this thing. Jesus, we just thank you right now for what you've already done in this house this morning. We thank you that you're filling our tanks up today. Lord, that you're filling up our hearts, our love, our gratitude, our mercy. Lord, that you're just, you're just tapping into who we are. 
And uh, we just open ourselves to you, Lord. The next few moments, Father, I pray that you would just move Amber and I completely out of the way. I pray, Jesus, that you would just speak and communicate the words of life. Father, I pray that they would have power on them, Lord, that they would have weight on them, Jesus. And I just pray that this would be a wonderful time. We could just talk together as family, as, as one, and, uh, and that your word would go forth sharp to penetrate our hearts and our souls, Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you this morning. We honor you, King Jesus. And we thank you, Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 12 with me, verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And uh, just for a few minutes, um, I want to just kind of give an overview of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to step out in faith. Has anybody in this room ever had to step out in faith? Raise your hand right now. Look at that. Keep it up for a second. Look at that. Preaching the, to the choir today. Ooh, come on. I think y'all could probably teach us a few things. Hey, there is a time in our life, in everyone's life in this room, when you say yes to Jesus, it just comes with the territory. You're going to have to step out in faith in some way or dimension. It may look very different for all of us in this room, but at some time, it's going to be a leap. It's going to be a step, and uh, you're going to have to willingly make that step if you want to continue to walk with God, if you continually want His presence in your life. Um, and so we know that's kind of fundamental, foundational, but what Amber and I, we felt the Lord saying this morning is what we wanted to do is now that we've done this several times, and of course, as many of you know, we're right here at this point in our life where we're taking a blind step in faith to the next chapter God has for us. I thought to Amber and I, we prayed, and we're like, wouldn't it be awesome is if we could pass on some things that we've learned about how to prepare Come on, because we always talk about, oh, you got to step out in faith. Yes, this is exciting. And then you step out and you're like, oh, man, what did I just get myself into? It's good on the front end to have some preparatory things that you can be doing to help you make that step. And so what we've learned and discovered in our own journey is that when you step radically out for the Lord in faith, there are some requirements that have to be met on the front end. So we want to share uh, four specific requirements that you really need to have develop or developing in order to make a huge leap of faith. Amen. I think we have power too if that's available. You guys can just kind of roll on the back. Um, so just an overview. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 is a story about Abraham, as we were just talking about in communion. And I want to read this because it's very powerful. It says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country. That's one thing. I like America, y'all. I mean, I love the nations of the earth, but I, I, love, Ameri I love America. <laughs> Leave your people. It's a little harder to do, especially when you form relationships and friendships. Leave your father's household. Now we're getting a little deeper. This is leaving your family. It's a little harder. And then look at this. Go to the land that I will show you. Do you know what Abraham did not have at this point in his life? He did not have an iPhone with an automated GPS system built in. 
<laughs> hey, when we went to DC, I mean, when we went to Pennsylvania, I mean, we had, we had Miss Phyllis's GPS. I had my iPhone GPS. Miss Addie had her iPhone GPS. We had three GPSs going on. We couldn't get lost. And it, don't it make it feel comfortable? You know what's coming, directions. Even if, you know, I'll show you that red line. You ever see it? You just got the red line where the traffic is, and it'll reroute you. It's really convenient. But stepping out with the Lord in faith is not like that at all. <laughs> there is no GPS involved. It literally is. He's give you the direction, and then he's going to say, now go ahead and go. And while you're on the way, I'll bring some clarity and show you some things. And that's a little bit more difficult. That's what was happening here with Abraham. But here's the next part I want to show you. There are benefits to stepping out in faith. Benefits and even blessings. And here they are. Abraham, if you do this, I'm going to make you, number one, into a great nation. And I will bless you. The second one, I'm going to make your name great. Your name. And you'll be a great blessing. And whoever curses you, I will curse. What a statement. That's powerful language. And then the last one is, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And those are just some of the benefits. Look at that first one. And I will make you into a great nation. When you take a leap out in faith, when God invites you into that scene of your life, whatever it looks like for you, you begin to tap into what I like to call multiplication. Amen. You know, when you walk with the Lord long enough, you'll realize that there are some things that are added in your life in terms of blessings. But then there are other things that are multiplied in your life in terms of blessings. And so when God made a promise to Abraham, he's saying essentially, Abraham, if you have the faith to step out and go where you don't even have a grid for where you're about to go, I'm going to multiply the DNA of who you are into a great nation. You see, with Abraham, come on, is the birth narrative, it's the beginning narrative of the nation of Israel. So today, the nation of Israel, their narrative begins when Abraham said, yes, right here. But not just Abraham and, and Israel, but Christianity, because we are grafted in. Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So the narrative of Christianity also begins when Abraham says yes to go to a land he can't even see before him. What are you saying? When you step out in faith, it literally releases God to multiply blessings and favor and resources and relationships and things that you really need along the journey. And that's how you live in that place that you really don't need anything. You don't live in lack. It's always overflow. That's a benefit. It's a great benefit. The other one I love, it says, is it'll make your name great. Now, I love this principle. Look at that. I'll make your name great. Now, we know Abraham wasn't following the Lord in order to be va validated or just recognized like, oh, I'm going to make this big step in faith, you know, to attract attention to him. No, 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 no. Abraham was just trying to be obedient. He just wanted to follow the Lord. And in that process, God says, I'm going to make you a promise. I'm going to make your name great in all the earth. And actually, God does that to Abraham's name. You know else whose name he did that to? Jesus. Do you know that Jesus' name was the most common name at Bible times? It would have been like Bob or Bill or Steve or Mike today. It's a very common name. But because Jesus laid down his life 
and stepped out in faith, came to the earth, and he labored even all the way to the cross. He gave his life for you and I. The Bible says in Philippians 2, because he humbled himself and he didn't live for himself, that God said, I'm going to give you the that is above every so that even in the commonality of your name, I'm going to put my presence and power on it that it's going to be so strong that every devil and demon under the earth will tremble and bow under that name. Amen. Come on. So when you see, I'm just getting excited. Woo, I'm going to have to start running. Feel the Pentecostal roots coming out. <laughs> when you get it, I mean, just get excited because what that shows you and I is that God takes the commonality of who we are. The common, the, the what just doesn't look good or just what we think would never material. He takes that when we leap out in faith to follow him and he makes it great into the earth. He makes it great. What a promise and a benefit. Other one was, and I will, listen to this, I will bless, I'm going to jump down on this one. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Anybody in this room ever been cursed? Come on now, I know there have been some hands going up. I know some of y'all story personally. That could look at a variety of ways. But it is so powerful that when you step out in faith on God, what he's saying to Abraham is that, it's obvious you're going to come against some attacks. There's going to be people that don't like you. Amen. Isn't that true? There's always going to be people that don't like you. There's always going to be people that don't agree or disagree or have an opinion about how you should do this, that, or the other. A lot of that will materialize in word curses, like this box that people try to put you in. But then all of a sudden, God says to Abraham, here, the enemy cannot curse what I bless. And because the blessings will overtake you, yeah, they can curse you, but it's going to turn in your benefit. It's actually going to turn into a blessing. Come on. Have you ever had that happen in your life that where a bad situation came and like people literally came against you or attacked you or tried to tear you down, but because you stayed the course, you didn't let your heart get jaded, you didn't get hard or bitter, but you stayed at Jesus' feet, that curse actually turned to your benefit and your blessing? Oh, my God. Addiction was a curse in my family line. My it was a curse. But what did God do? He turned that into my greatest blessing. That's encouragement. When you step out in faith, whatever the enemy tries to curse you with, God's going to turn that into blessing. I see Amber right now. She's getting fired up. Her legs going like I that. Just, I just really wish she would preach. <laughs> I keep them, I keep them, Come on. I keep them humble. I know. And that other one was that all the peoples of the earth are going to be blessed Amen. by you stepping out in faith. And here's a really revelation that when God calls you to step out in faith, whenever that time comes for you and whatever it looks like, it's not just for you. Amen. It's for the benefit of the people around you. Yes. It's for the breakthrough of people around you. You see, when you step out in faith, it releases what I call the breaker. The breakthrough anointing, the breaker. You know, Jesus is a breaker. He, part of who he is is he breaks things, bad things, in order for our good. And I've learned that when you step out in faith, it literally has a contagious 
momentum in the spirit to literally infect and encourage people around you that say, wow, if they did it, I can definitely do it. And it just generates just a, um, a force for the kingdom. So what are you saying? I'm saying, look, these are some benefits that happens. Stepping out of faith is hard. I'm not lying. It is challenging. It is difficult. But when you do, we have access to things such as these. Isn't that good news? Amen. I think that's great news. Because that will keep you going when you feel like, oh, my Lord, did I make the wrong choice? I want to roll into these requirements. What we've, Amber and I have learned in the journey we were on right now is we're definitely making a step out in faith. As many of you know, we're, we're transitioning June, or June 9th is our last Sunday. But you know when God is on something, he's on something. We're, when we were at the Voice of the Prophets, I just will share this. We actually put our house on, we live in the greater Leland area. Come on. Any Leland, any Brunswick County Come folks on, in the house? LA, yeah. LA. I call it the new metropolis of Wilmington. Y'all wish y'all lived across the bridge. Don't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, we, we live in Leland, and we put our house on the market Thursday. I was in Pennsylvania at the Voice of the Prophets. Um, the pictures went live Thursday at noon, and we had a couple come by at 1230 to see the house and then put an offer in, 2,000 more than what we asked for in less than an hour. Less than an hour. So, you know, we're still walking that out. We're under contract. Of course, you, you want to see how all that finalizes. But I just, it blew my mind that fast that it went that quick. But God. And, and what I'm saying is that is a huge confirmation for us. Those are stepping stones that, oh, man, we are making the right decision. Because as we'll talk a lot about just a little bit more that, you know, it gets challenging sometimes and you really want to make sure you're making the right decision. So let's talk about some of these requirements. I was asking Amber, we were talking and praying, we spent some time about this. And I said, Amber, what do you think from our journey, from the word, what do you think is one of the main requirements that is needed to make a blind leap of faith when it comes? And my answer was, because when I was in high school. I was a junior in high school when I gave my heart to the Lord. And when in that season of life, you're looking futuristically, what am I going to do with my life? At that point, I grew up in a family that was blue collar all the way, loved it. But I knew God had something. He wanted me to do something further educationally and go to college. And so he called me out to step out in faith to go to some little Bible college in Dunn, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And it was an act of faith. And so I was just going through when he asked that question, what was, and here we are again, stepping out in faith. And I have to just tell you, it doesn't get easier, <laughs> especially when you have five kids in tow. But <clears throat> I really felt like core values, mm. you have to know what you believe before you step out in faith. Yeah. And your core values are your foundational belief system of who God is. Do you know that he's good? Do you know that he's trustworthy? Hmm. Because when you step out in faith, all of that's going to be tested. So good. Wow. I, uh, we were talking about that, and I think she's so right. I know for me personally, one of my core values that I've developed 
that has got us through. Because we, we've stepped out in faith several times in our life. But I, I will be honest with you, this one that we're doing right now is probably the most challenging and the most difficult. Because we have so many kids now than we ever had. We have five kids. And so what goes through my mind as a dad first is, am I making the right decision? Am I making the right move? You know, because I got people dependent on me. And, and I want to know that I'm right. But having a core value system built into my foundation with God early on is what has got me through. And one of the most primary ones that I've had is it's, it's become a non-negotiable. I have learned to build a consistent prayer life, a consistent time with Jesus, praying and reading the word. Praying and reading the word, knowing the Holy Spirit, and just made it consistent. You know, just every morning, it's just become a non-negotiable for me to do it. Not in a religious way or, or I have to do this, but just because it just produces so much in my life as far as oil and joy and, and just long-lasting. And that core value has stuck with me. The second one, and I'm going to turn this back to Amber, the second one is a very powerful one. And it happened at a drug rehab center when I first met the Lord. And I remember saying to God, I said, God, I'm tired of doing what Mike Thornton wants to do. I have, I have made the decision for my life. And I've, I chose to pursue the military. I was in the Marines. That was my choosing. I chose to go to construction, and, and that was my choosing. I chose to live where I wanted to live, to drive what I wanted to drive. I made all those choices. And for me, it just did not end up well. And when I was at that place in my life, I made a commitment, and I said, Lord, from here on out, I, I mean, I literally had a trash bag of dirty clothes to my name, vehicles repossessed, nothing, nothing, nowhere to go, and I said, God, whatever you have for me, I want to commit my life to that, and if that's to stay here in the rehab for the rest of my life, if it's to be a trash truck driver, if it's to be a janitor, if it's to be a preacher, if it's to be whatever it looks like, I want to do that. That has become a core value. So that when the time of testing comes and the Lord is saying, I want you to step out in raw faith, basically God is saying, will you be willing to still go where I'm calling you to go, even though you are settled and comfortable where you are now? One of the best things about seminary for me was that they challenged every presupposition I had in my mind. Everything I had been taught in Sunday school, so to speak, we just believe. But I was challenged to answer why. Why do I believe what I believe? And I think that's why core values and knowing your core values is so important because it challenges you to know why mm. you believe what you believe. Mm. And so one of the biggest core values for me when I was stepping out in faith as a young believer in Christ was that I knew God was good. I, I, I just, there was just something in me. I knew he was good. And I could have went off to college. I'm not saying that this isn't for every, because it is. There are people who are called into the marketplace and called into careers. But for me, God had a different calling on my life. And I could have picked a four-year plan and had it all laid out, which is what my family wanted me to do. But something in me wasn't at peace. And I knew I had to choose the path that was unknown. And so I knew because of who God is and in his goodness that I could trust him. And I knew because I could trust him that even though I couldn't see what was on the other side, 
I knew it was for my good. And I knew it was better than I could ever try to plan for myself. Mm. And so that was a core value that really began to shape me as a young believer and really has kind of been foundational for me throughout, you know, as we've walked with the Lord. And it's something I'm leaning on now as we're packing boxes and my children are asking 100,000 questions and I don't have answers. But I know God is good. Come on. And he's on the other side waiting for us. And what's beautiful about it is they're going to be able to see his goodness too through this process. That's so good. So we want to encourage you guys there with that. Why do you believe what you believe in? You have to know it. So whatever core values look like for you, it is essential. It's a requirement, I think, to have when you make a step out in faith and whatever God is, 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 is saying and doing to you. Amen? Amen? Let's talk about the second requirement, Amber. Um, the second one that we've learned that's really been a benefit to us is prayer and fasting. A time of prayer and fasting has literally become huge in us. And when God began to invite us to step away from global and to begin to go to Greenville, South Carolina, to step out in faith for this next chapter for our life, I told Amber, I said, we have to, I feel like we have to go into a time of just prayer and fasting and just seek the Lord. And when we did that, we asked God, and the Lord led, I just want to let you all in on what happened. The Lord led us to 70 days. I mean, it can be anything for anybody. But for us, for this, it was 70. And God said, I want you to fast for 70 days. And as I began to, to read about that, it reminded me of the story in the book of Daniel. And, you know, there was the 70 weeks. The number 70, as you guys know, I'm big on numbers in the Bible. It points to restoration. It points to redemption. It points to a new beginning. And when Israel came back to resettle the land out of Babylon. So all of a, all of a sudden, I began to just weep with the Lord one morning. I was like, okay, Lord, we say yes. So Amber and I stepped out, and we launched into 70 days of prayer and fasting. And what we begin to do is we begin to pray for this transition, even though... We have no idea what it's going to look like when we get there. Even though I can't even tell you we're going to do A, B, C, and D. We don't know yet. But I do know one thing. God said, don't worry about that right now. He said, but if you take a time and just begin to pray and fast, what happens when you do that is when you sow in the place of prayer and fasting, it builds a foundation. It builds a framework already before you get there. Come on. It, it literally builds a foundation of restoration and redemption so that all things that were lost in the previous season, you'll meet at the next season. Because even before your feet get to the land, you have already prepared the way. It has already went before you. Come on. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting to me. And you don't have to go there, but I'm just going to talk it in Daniel chapter 10 verse 12, there's this incredible story where God invites Daniel to fast and pray for 21 days. And he's fasting and praying because he, he needs clarity on something he doesn't understand that's going to happen. And so God invites him. He begins to fast and pray for, for, for many days. But the Bible says on the 21st day that the angel of the Lord broke through. Come on. He broke through and said, 
Daniel, from day one, when you humbled yourself to gain understanding, your prayer was heard. And I was sent as a response. I was detained 21 days from the prince of Persia, demonic powers and principalities. But Michael, my God, has come to help me break through so that we can give you clarity for what's about to happen in your life. Is that track? Are you tracking with me? So when you take a time to literally pray and fast into the next season of your life, when God is calling you to step out in faith, it, le- it literally raises your voice to have an influence in the heavens that releases angels to come down and fight in your behalf. Amen. To bring a breakthrough. Do you see that? To bring a breakthrough so that you will be clear, you'll have clarity and understanding and you won't be in the dark. You see, this isn't a, we, we can't do this like the world does it, y'all. Well, I mean, we just can't get our instructions like the world does in a good, nice, clean email with bullet point lists. And I love a good, clean email with bullet point lists. Jesus, but man, we have to pray and wrestle through these things sometimes, especially when you're making a big decision. You can't just say, oh, I feel an unction, or oh, I had some goosebumps. Let me go ahead and step out. God's calling me to leave my job. And then you see them and everything's tanked and they're like, what happened? No, you didn't take some time to really pray and fast and prepare the foundation before you get there. My goodness. What, we're, what I'm saying is that when you do that, it literally becomes a road of faith. Yeah. One last part on this, Sam. I, I, when, in, in this 70 days, let me tell you what happened in this course of 70 days. So as we are praying and fasting, God, we know you're calling us to the region of Greenville. We don't know the area. I don't even know where to put the kids in school. I don't know where to look for a house. Literally have no grid. No, I, I don't know. Just said that you're saying to go there. And so we're praying and fasting. And then what does God do? He gives me an incredible, an incredible dream incredible dream. And in that dream, I'm staying or I'm swimming in a big ocean, beautiful, clear blue waters. I see Greenville, South Carolina in the land on my distance. And I see that God says in my dream, he's like, Mike, you're doing an assignment for the region. You're going to do an assignment for the region, but you need a special tool. And he gives me that tool. And when I open that tool, there's a message. This is in my dream. And in the message, it tells me, it says, follow the Cashwell storyline without going into that. That's the guy I wrote about in Fire in the Carolinas. It's a big part of our life. But follow the Cashwell storyline, which, which means to you and I is follow the call of redemption that I've placed on you, igniting revival, igniting cities, preaching the fire of God wherever you go, igniting a young generation, launching a spiritual awakening. He said, I want you to do that. That's the call on your life. And there was a check in there for $10,700. Somebody say, my God. Jesus. 10000 I don't know why, $10,700. Now, remember, this guy's name's Cashwell. That's the guy I wrote about, the revivalist. He's actually my relative. And so I, I, I sat there in the dream, and I woke up, and I heard God break in, and he said, Michael, follow the Cashwell storyline. It's going to take a radical step out in faith, but if you step out in faith, I will fund that storyline because it's the call on your life, and there's cash hiding in the well if you go out and dig it. Come on. It's cash in the well. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes. 
If I had some cash right now, I'd throw it at him. It's good, baby. It's good. And you have to, you have, I, know I was in the deep waters. You have to go out and dig it. I woke up, I'm going to give one more, because you just can't make this stuff up. Second one came this weekend in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You cannot make this up. There, there, they know. The speaker at the first meeting, there's 300 pastors, network meeting. Her name is Patricia King. Some of y'all heard her. She gives this incredible message. I'm just like, wow. At the end of the message, she goes, I have a word for somebody in this place right now. And I was like, okay. And she said, here's the word. She said, from last fall all the way up to this past March, God has been stirring you to leave your post. You have been stationed for a season, but God is calling you to move and relocate. She said, I even see you beginning to write the resignation letter to leave the post to go to the next assignment of the Lord. She said, but it's hard because there's a lot of financial challenges in the way because it's such a blind step in faith and he's not revealed to you yet what it's going to look like. If that's you, come on down to the front. My God. Come on now. If that's you, that's you. Come on. Hey, join right now. Lift your hands to this yes, sister. We're going to pray Jesus. for her. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord, that you've called her for such a time as this. Lord, that she is not forgotten. Jesus, that you are calling her to step out in faith right now. Lord, and that you are moving in her life. God, we ask it right now. We thank you. Whoa, fire of the Lord. We thank you for the faith rising in her heart. The Lord says you're going to do it. You're going to do it. He's going to give you the strength to do it. He's going to shut every wrong door. He's going to open up every right door. He's going to shut every wrong door. And I just see the Lord right now giving you keys to the next season. He's giving you keys, sister, to the next season. He's already prepared the way. My God, I see relationships even having to be closed in this season. I see the Lord doing a separation right now with some of the people in your life. It's okay. Lord's going to do it gently. He's going to just begin to close the doors. I see him aligning you with the right people in the next three months. I see this in three months. I see God bringing you resources and help, volunteers. I see him bringing the right people in your path. Father, we release that right now over our sister. God, we just thank you right now. We thank you right now. My God, we thank you right now. Mm, we thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing in her, Jesus. My God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we're hearing from you, Lord. Lord, everything you've given Amber and I, we just release it to this mighty woman of God right now. We release it to her right now that she is going to be able to step out and trust you. That it's not going to be hard or a burden. We release it right now to her father. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Come on, Jesus. Mm. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Lord. <laughs> Jesus. Man, you know, I was going to preach on something completely different. Like two days ago when we got back and God said, stop. I want you to preach on stepping out in faith. It's like, okay. He marked you today, sister. He has marked you today. He's marked you today. Wow. Man, isn't that awesome, y'all? Whew. Amen.
So prayer and fasting will become your roadmap to faith. And that dream and that encounter that I had, those are the stepping stones that we can now walk on. Do, do you see how that We walk by faith, not by sight. And so now that confirmation in those words gives Amber and I inclination that we're making the right move and right decision. I'm going to start crying now. Y'all are just... Mm. What you're doing uh, is a step of faith. You're partnering with the word, with the seed that is about to go forth. So it's actually, it's not the material thing what's taking place right now. You are partnering with the kingdom of heaven. We are eternal beings. And when you receive the seed that has been given by faith, it will multiply and it will go forth by your identity and what he will redeem in your life. So this has nothing to do with the money. That is given right now. It's going to bless them, but it really, it has to do with you partnering in the spirit with what's taking place right now. This is a window of opportunity that we have. And as we go in and give our seed, he will take care to multiply and redeem it and restore it. And it's going to come forth to the fullness of what he has called you to do. It has nothing to do with the money. So do not look at the given right now. Do not look at the amount, but look at it in the spirit realm of what you're looking to receive breakthrough, what you're looking to receive into your destiny, what you're looking to receive into your calling, because it is not about the money. So some of you right now don't even have a penny to give, but that's okay. If you take a step right now and you come to the front, you're partnering, you're partnering, you're partnering with the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven does not be moved by this earthly value. It's moved by the motivation of our heart. So yes, it's this young generation that is coming with empty hands but don't have much to give. But as you partner with him, he will break through for you because this have nothing to to do with the amount it has to do with your faith it has to do with your destiny it has to do with your calling so we are right now partaking on a prophetic moment we are launching in the spirit something that has no precedent it's being given to you if you have the faith and the courage to say yes I'm walking by faith not by sight Amen. Thank you. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Jesus. Thank you. Let's, let's just thank him right now. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you.
the Lord's time now, y'all. Mm, my goodness. I don't know what to say. Yeah, come on, Marion. He is here. I can feel it. Miss Marion said the Lord of the Breakthrough is here. The Lord of the Breakthrough is here. He's breaking. He's breaking every tradition that you thought. Because <laughs> there is something new. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord. Wow. What do you say, Em? Oh, gosh. I, I'm speechless. I'm just so humbled. I'm just so humbled by your love. I'm going to invite Vincent's family worship team. Can you guys come back up here? I, I just, we're rolling with the Lord. This is such a holy moment. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Father, we just so thank you for Michael and Amber. We so thank you for Michael and Amber, God. And in our prayers, we just say yay and amen to everything you want to do in them and through them and all the team that you want to bring with them. And in the region of the Carolinas, we say yay and amen, God, in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray you'll be more than a well. I pray they'll be like Moses walking through the Red Sea. God, that every enemy, every enemy of prejudice and racism, every enemy of greed and pride, Every enemy of unbelief, every enemy for the pit of hell, God, in Jesus' name, will be overcome, God, because of you and your power and the leading of your spirit and the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you're coming up on Passover, God, in Jesus' name. And we declare this and decree it in Jesus' name thank over you, the Carolinas, God, that every enemy, God, will be brought down, thank you, will be cast down into the sea, God, mm. and that you will bring your people out of Egypt, God, out of Egypt, God, and into the thank promised you. land. And we do pray thank blessings you, over Amber and Michael, and we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys just start playing in the back, the, uh, you provide the fire, I provide the sacrifice. I, I, I feel the move with the Lord right here because what's happening is very, very insignificant, important, and we want to be just flowing by the Spirit. Amber, I do feel from the Lord. 
You know, all I can say is a lot of people say, your son, your son, your son. I'm going to tell you. When he was a baby in the crib, I lifted him up and I gave him to the Lord. I lost my earthly father. I found my heavenly father. And I took my children and I gave them to the Lord. And I thank God for how God has honored that. And then I thank God how he brought Amber into his life. It's just what he needed uh, to make him complete. And I've watched him grow over these years. And all I can say is thank you, Jesus. So I just encourage you, if you have children that are going wayward or need trouble, don't look to them. Look to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm trusting you with my children. Amen. And that's what it's all about. I, I would just like to say one thing. When, when Michael was a baby, and I, every night we, we prayed, I'd pray. And I always used to tell him from the very little, I said, Michael, Mommy and Daddy aren't always going to be here. But there's one who will always be there. And his name is Jesus. And there's going to be a time in your life that you've got to call on him because we won't be able to help you. And I, I instilled that in him from the day he was born until he didn't want to hear <laughs> anymore. But I did do that. And I thank, I thank God because God is the one that did all of that. And the prayers of people. I feel like, Amber, you should share that last word, and we just want to invite in and just, we want to minister and just let the Lord minister on our way out, but the Lord's had me on a journey for the last year, and he's been teaching me what it really means to be a living sacrifice. Last March, when we were at the church in Greenville, I had a moment with the Lord at, during worship, and he had a vision, and he personally escorted me to the altar, and he laid me down. And he said, it's time for you to be the sacrifice. And he said, don't be afraid because I will never ask you to do anything I haven't already done. And he was with me every moment. And here recently when we were in Oxford, North Carolina, during worship, I had another vision. And the Lord lifted me up and he literally poured me out. And he said, in this season, I'm pouring you out as my drink offering. And I honestly had no idea what that meant. 
but I began to do some research. And I've stumbled upon this devotional by Oswald Chambers. And he was talking about in 2 Timothy when God, when he was sharing about what it meant to be a drink offering for the Lord. You want to read it, Michael? Yeah. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 6. For I am already being poured out like a drink often. And the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is a crown laid up for me in righteousness. I learned quickly that this was a sacrifice of your will. And I thought about Jesus who was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he began to feel the weight of the world on his shoulders and the sin. And he said, if this cup can pass from me, let it be. But not my will, but your will be done. And as a mama, this has been hard. <laughs> because one of the things, you know, in your home, it, you turn a house into a home. And I've had to slowly deconstruct what I have built, so to speak, over the past three years living in our house. And it's been a battle of the will to go, not my will, but your will be done. And if we're not careful, we can partner with self-pity. Right. And so Jesus was teaching me, I'm going to, he said, I'm going to show you what it, what it looks like to not partner. How do you not partner with self-pity in those moments when you feel like, and sometimes just being honest and real, Michael gets to go and travel and I have to stay home. I, I have to stay home because it requires a sacrifice. And Jesus said, you're the sacrifice that will, that will allow for the redemption to come through. It takes a sacrifice. And that's the, that, that is a great calling. And it's hard. I, I was driving down the road and my kids were fighting in the car. I'm trying to keep a house clean to sell it. And I said, God, I just shouted in the car. I said, I'm a horrible servant because I hate this. I said, God, I'm a horrible servant. I want to serve you, but this is hard. And I got home and he gave me this scripture, Psalm 118, verse 27. And he said, bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Come on. Jesus. 
And I stood in my kitchen. My kids were outside, thank the Lord, playing. And I stood in the kitchen and I wept and I declared this scripture over my heart and my spirit. And I said, I will bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. And sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do. And that's what those cords were for. That lamb, that sheep, that goat, it didn't want to be the sacrifice. They needed the cords to tie it to the horn of the altar. And in that moment, I said, I will not partner with self-pity, but I will bind. I will bind. I will bind the sacrifice with cords to the the horn of the altar. And don't you know, it just went... And the Lord said, that's what it's like to be a drink offering, to be poured out for my sake. Ken, he will yeah. never ask you to do anything he hasn't already done. Come on. He stood in that garden and he didn't want to take on the wrath. He knew the crushing that was before him. And he said if you could, if there's any other way, God, that you can do this, do it. He too had a struggle with his will, but he made a choice against his will, and then it became his desire to be the offering, to be the sacrifice. I felt that crushing two weeks ago when Abigail, our second looked me in the eyes in her bed I was putting her down for the night and with a soft heart just gentle she looked in my eyes and she said daddy why do we have to move and you know because it's such a blind step in faith I didn't have the answer and I couldn't communicate to her why I have to rip her out of her school and her friends and her way of life and her comfort zone. And it was a hard thing to do. But God said, listen, you're doing something greater than you could ever imagine. Because even though you may not have the words now, you are modeling something without words that will impact the destiny and the direction of her life far beyond this moment in time. Because you're showing her what it looks like to forsake everything and to follow me at all costs. And I want to just, that's what I felt like the word is here this morning. Would you stand with me? I want to, Global River, God knows you know I love you with my whole heart. I mean, I love y'all. God, I love some of you so much. But I want to challenge you on this one. And I can't do this challenge unless we're not walking with it. But this is the challenge. If you're here today, the challenge is, are you willing to be broken bread and poured out wine for a generation? Are you willing to be broken bread and poured out wine for the next wave of the church that God is rising up in the nation and in the nations of the world? Are you willing that if he should call tomorrow, you could forsake everything that is comfortable to step out in faith to follow him? There is no difference between Amber and I and you. There is no separation. It's just a matter of will you do what he's called you to do? And will you go where he's called you to go? Whatever that looks like for you.
That's the challenge. So this morning, this song, I, I just felt to sing this thing. You provide the fire and I'll provide the sacrifice. Fill me up, God. And if that's you here this morning and you're saying, God, I want to answer that challenge. And I am willing to go wherever you send me in my life. Come on up here right now. Just come on up, whatever it looks like. Say, I'm willing that if the time should come, I want to step out in faith. And this is what I want us to do. Worship team, I want you to lead us. And everyone at this stage, in this altar, in this church, let's sing this thing from our whole hearts. Let's sing this entire song from our whole hearts. And something is going to happen. Thank you, Lord.